from the Finley Toyota ESPN Studios. It's the Press Box Summer Edition. Yeah, old lady! Ed Grady. I'm not surprised the only women you see naked are in magazines. Tyler Bischoff. Again, this is really not my field. On ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Thursday. Ed, Tyler, Danny running the show. A lot of good guests ahead. We got Q, Charles McDonald. Starkus makes his return at 9.30. You might have heard him uh, a little beforehand. Weird stuff before our show. <laughs> We're playing things from a month ago. We don't know why. He was about to make a drink, and then he just got cut off. Hey, when's Joey Gallo making his Dodgers debut? Well, hopefully not too soon. Muncie had a single last night. Uh-oh. Yeah. Raised that batting average. Dodgers are playing like all these uh, prospects now. They're trying to make a point like, ah, oh, they didn't need one, so we're going to play a bunch of prospects. Yeah, they keep winning, well. though. Do you see the Padres first inning yesterday? Yeah, I saw that good luck with those. Good luck with yeah. those prospects. <laughs> that's, that's a While good While Brandon Drury's taking the first pitch he sees as a Padre out the for grand a grand slam. slam. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a good lineup, man. Enjoy Outman. How about Juan Soto yesterday? First thing he says, one of the first things he says to the reporters is, good luck to the other pitchers. Okay, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> They'll be out in the wild card round. Let's see. Oh, I hope so. The first bite. Will we learn anything about the Raiders tonight? Who's playing in this game? Hall of Fame game? I don't think many people play. I, You know what I think we could learn? I think we could learn a little about the offensive line. I'm kind of excited to see who, which is amazing that I'm actually saying this. I'm excited to see who's playing on the offensive line and like watching that more than anything else. Well, we've talked about it all offseason. Honestly, before the offseason, like we on this show going into, after they lost to the Bengals, going into the offseason, I don't know if we did this specific like segment, but we on the show spent a couple of months being like, well, they got to fix the offensive line. That's got to be their number one priority in the offseason. And then they didn't do anything. No. They, didn't, they didn't touch it. These they, are the same guys as last year. Right. They drafted Ex- a guy. Including the uh, guy who got cut five or six times. Right. Like the guy that wasn't good enough to play for Tom Cable and John Gruden <laughs> is going to be starting when we get to we week one. Start at the right guard. Pursuit. So it, it is fascinating to see who's on this offensive line and like, are they any good? Like, are they, are we going to be talking about halfway through the season, end of the season, whatever, are we going to be giving the Raiders coaching staff a ton of credit? Maybe for for turning Lester cotton and John Simpson into two good guards. Like, is that what we're going to be doing? It's possible. We also could be talking about in week eight can be complete disaster and cars getting sacked four times a game. This team's already out of the playoff picture because they didn't touch the offensive line. So it is fascinating. And then you throw on top of it. Well, it's a preseason game. So who's actually going to play? And that's, you know, makes it a tad more interesting because normally like I'm guessing the starters at every other position on offense are not going to play which would lead you to, okay, what does that mean if Lester Cotton and John Simpson are out there with the second-string quarterback and the second-string wide receiver group or whatever it is? And what does it mean if Alex Otherwood like plays the whole game, right? I, I sort of have a feeling a lot of the offensive linemen are going to play. Yeah, and I think that's justified given that who is Lester Cotton, right? right. Brandon Parker has not Got to see him against people. Yeah, Brandon Parker has not been a good NFL player, and he's apparently going to start at right tackle for the Raiders. So... They got a lot of players that are either bad or have been bad or 
just haven't really played in the NFL right. before, and that's the guys they need to protect Derek Carr so he can throw the ball to Devontae Adams uh, without having it without getting sacked. So I'm curious to see. I know we've also talked about this. Do you think there's going to be anything that happens that causes the Raiders to add an offensive lineman? Uh, if they play poorly against the third string from Jacksonville, <laughs> and, they can't, and they can't block those guys, and uh, Stidham and these guys are getting sacked three or four times. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they take a few games to see how they look. Um, we've talked about this before in terms of I do think I've always thought I've always thought they're adding people off the waiver wire, and that's not that's not necessarily a great thing. I'm not saying it is. I don't believe they're through with their offensive line. I don't think that's I don't think that's the case. I think they're going to add guys. So the reason that I'm fascinated about this is not only did we talk about at the beginning of the offseason they need to upgrade the offensive line and they didn't. They also had Denzel Good retire. Like yeah. Denzel Good would have been the starting been starter, right guard, right guard for this team. Where, where Cotton is right now. Yeah, if he were not retired, right? If he was, I guess, feeling better about his body and playing on. And despite losing a potential starting right guard to retirement early, they still didn't go out and get anybody. They still haven't. And they're still, you know, about a month before the actual season starts. So there's time here over the next month or so, but it's just like, I'm, I'm starting to wonder like what could happen to this offensive line that would actually make them go sign somebody or try, trade for somebody. I don't know if there's anybody that's available, but what would make them actually go acquire an offensive lineman? Injuries. Would it? I mean, if Lester yeah. Cotton goes down with an injury today, are they going and signing a guard or are they saying, hey, Dylan Parham, you're the starting right guard now. We well, they could, be, you. they could be saying that Dylan Parham, you're the starting right guard, yeah. but I still think they'd sign someone on the back end. It's I, just, I, we've kind of been saying that the whole time when it, they, they need to sign somebody and they just haven't done it. And then the other thing is, they still have this 20 something million in cap space. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's not like this is a team with all, oh, they got like 4 million in cap space. They can't sign anybody. They're going to have to move some stuff around to bring in an offensive lineman. No, they could go sign like two right now, most likely. And they might be good enough to start for the Raiders. So I'm, I'm curious, like what, what would lead them to actually making a move for an offensive lineman? And are they going to let that 20 million, 26 million, whatever Just it is sit there. Yeah. Burn a hole in their pockets all right. season. I, I don't know. So it's a fascinating position. It's a fascinating group um, of who the Raiders think is good. And basically it's, it's probably going to be the position that determines the success of this team or the position group. I just don't know if you, in the back of your mind, you know, you're going to add people. Why don't you do it sooner than later? Yeah. I I don't understand that. You're going to do it in the third preseason game with Miami when you can get people in here now. Yeah, especially because I mean, you have the like if they didn't have, you have the, the cap money space, yeah, and it was like okay, we kind of need somebody that's cheap to step up. Let's see if this Lester Cotton guy can do it. But like they've got the money that they could go out and add an offensive lineman. That there's guys that are available that have more experience than Lester Cotton. Now maybe they just love Lester Cotton. Maybe Thayer Munford and Lester Cotton are going to be the future right side of this offensive line for a long time. But I don't know. Um, I'm curious to see what what this looks like and how much. How much faith this coaching staff puts on guys that were not good enough last year and guys that were not even playing right. last year. The other position group I'm curious to see if we see playing time tonight. Who do you think plays in the secondary? I think the corners that were listed on the first team get some look, and that was uh, Rocky Asin and Nate Hobbs. I think they get some play. I think John Abram gets some play. Trayvon Morgan. I think a lot of those guys get play. I mean, how much? I'm not so sure. 
but I think a lot of the first teamers get at least a series or two. I think I think we're going to see a lot of starters other than people like Carr, Devontae Adams. Well, Darren Waller wouldn't play. I don't even know if Darren Waller's on the trip, by the way. Um, Jacobs, people like that. I think we're going to see defensively, at least to begin with, some starters play. That might be the more interesting question. Darren Waller, Chandler Jones, are they on the sideline tonight? I can't even tell you they're on the trip. I yeah. saw. I know someone was at the Hall of Fame yesterday uh, that did not see them. But again, that's an entire team walking yeah. into the Hall of Fame, so they could have missed them. Yeah. But they were looking for them, and they didn't see them. And again, do we overreact? I mean, you know, what if they just said, "Look, you're not going to play. Stay home. What's the point of coming?" I mean, they could have done that with several players. Yeah. That we don't know I, about yet. And that'll be. We've been assuming it's a Chandler Jones injury, right? Because he missed, what was it, four days of practice before they left for Ohio. So the the main assumption has been that he's injured, uh, which if he's hurt, there'd be no reason to put him on a plane in Ohio. The Darren Waller one has a potential other outlet or other meaning besides injury, and that's that he finally decided to hold in because he wants to get paid or an extension or guaranteed money or something like that. And I don't know if a guy, if a guy's holding in, does he get on the plane and go to Ohio? Probably not. I wouldn't think so either. Probably not. So that might actually be, that might actually be our, our number one topic tomorrow. Nothing that actually happens in the game. It's if, is, he's, if we don't is, see him on the sideline, yeah, he's Darren not Waller there on the sideline yeah. and, or is Chandler Jones on the sideline? Well, I'll have some intrepid reporting live from uh, Hall of Fame by people out there that I know. So I'll does, have them. Does I'll have the them RJ look. team have their binoculars ready to go? We'll have someone on the sideline. They won't even need oh, the binoculars. On the sideline. Yeah, oh, they won't even need that. the binoculars. So they look can just that. look around and say, hey, do you see these two guys? You just walk down and tap on everybody yeah, and say, exactly. turn around. You oh, Darren you're Waller? not Darren Waller. <laughs> Are you Darren Waller? Are you Chandler Jones? <laughs> That'd be great. I'd love to see that. So, yeah, we'll, uh, I'm curious to see. Last topic on the Raiders. Do you think Hunter Renfro can afford an Uber XL? You know, his contract was 30-plus with 11 or 12 guaranteed, and this was hilarious yesterday when we saw this. By the way, let me ask this. When do you think that was? I was guessing that was yesterday. So that, for anybody that I doesn't assume know. I assume, too, but I thought I would have thought on a road trip they went to the Hall of Fame. Maybe they get some extra time. Maybe they were doing something on their own. So for anybody that didn't see it, Devontae Adams posted a video of him getting into an Uber Hunter Renfro gets in the front seat, and then Devontae Adams shows the back seat, and it's Derek Carr and another teammate. So there's three teammates. I think it's Matt the, Collins. Matt Collins, Mile. They're sitting in the back seat, and Renfro's in the front seat, and it looks like a you know Toyota Camry yes. or something like that. If if that big, right? And so it's like you got four football players. Apparently, Hunter Renfro ordered this Uber, ordered the Uber XL, right? Like what? What is it? Ten more dollars or something? Yeah. Depending on how far they're going, like order the Uber XL instead. Well, Devonte Adams' knees are in the back of the driver's uh, seat, and I'm sure that guy wasn't very happy about it either. Did you hear the app from the driver, which I'm almost certain said to drop you off at your destination, Top Golf? Did it say that? I believe that's what it said. <laughs> I'll listen again. I'll listen again. But I thought that's what it said. Um, which, again, I'm thinking they all went to the Hall of Fame. Now, again, maybe they get three hours to do whatever they want. I have no idea on the yeah, road. So let's go I to mean, Top Golf. Maybe that's what they said. Um, I thought that's what the, it said. But then I was wondering, I, I assumed, like you said, it was yesterday somewhere in Ohio. Um, I, I just, I, I, I paused because I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure um, if they had extra time. But maybe they did. Maybe the, McDaniel said, okay, you have 
you have two or three hours, and then you're back at the hotel, and then you start studying again and go play the game. There is, according to a quick Google search, a Top Golf north of Canton and Akron, Ohio. Okay. So, I'm almost certain the app said that. You know, when yeah. you get in and it says now your next destination yeah. are dropping you off. I wouldn't have heard it if I didn't, and I'm pretty sure that's what it said, which I thought was a, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. If that's where they were going, I mean. <laughs> but here's my other question for for Carr and Adams: Why not just say, "Oh, we'll just call our own Uber"? Like, why get in the back seat when you're going to be crammed? Why not just be like, "Hey, I can afford an Uber. I'll just wait and get another one." Yeah, especially when you see it drive up. And right, Hunter, Hunter, you got that one. Right, it's like you. We'll okay, see you there. You're good. I'll get another one, and we'll be fine. Why not have a team? Why not have the team drive you over? Well, team team might have some cars. <laughs> Got to save some money, Ed. That's true. <laughs> they don't. They can't pay Darren Waller either. So you think they're paying for trips to Top Golf? Come on. But did, I, you're, you're, did you find it? Uh, the video, yeah. They're Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. They're the two highest paid players on the team. Just get another Uber. Yeah. They just that's a, rather than ride uncomfortably for whatever. 20 I minutes think they wanted be. to make fun of him. Did you see Carr like laughing? Yeah. Oh yeah. I he mean, thought he, it was he, hilarious. He couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Which I and Hunter too. Renfro. This little, you know, little guy based on a football player, you know, it looked like he was struggling even putting the uh, seatbelt on. Does okay, he didn't get the Uber XL. Does Hunter Renfro come off as a guy who is like always trying to save money? Is he the guy that's using coupons the couponer? at the grocery store? Well, he doesn't come off great in this in terms of what he ordered. <laughs> Maybe he just missed the app and he thought he had an XL and the X and he does seem like a nice enough guy to where the car shows up he wouldn't cancel the guy. Is it possible? That he's, they're in Canton, Ohio, or Akron, Ohio, wherever, that there's just not many Uber XLs. And you got he got on the app, and he was like, hey, a normal Uber will be here in 11 minutes. An Uber XL is going to be here in 37 minutes. I guess it's possible. There's a lot of people in town. And they just said, hey, we're going to take the regular this Uber. This is one of the weekends where there's a yeah. ton of people in town, so maybe all the Ubers were sold out or the XLs were uh, busy elsewhere. <laughs> If they knew who it was, they might uh, they might have you know dropped one one uh, drive and gone over and gotten the football players if they knew they uh, could get Derek Carr and these guys in their Uber. So I just listened to the video. It does say Top yeah. Golf. Yep, they they're might listen. Those guys might as well be at Top Golf during the game tonight because they're not going to play. Um, I hope I hope we get a camera shot of Hey, here's Derek Carr and Devontae Adams at Top Golf. Collins will play on special. That's games. right. That's right. He'll okay. play he can games. get out of the and, Uber. and he'll probably play as receiver. The Uber can go by the stadium, drop Collins off, yeah. and continue on to Top Golf, and and they can just hang out there instead of watching the game. They don't need to watch Jarrett Stidham play. Come I on. hope we get a video of them at the Top Golf Bay with the Raiders game yes. on the TV. Yes. <laughs> they can watch that. Would be awesome. Teeing off, watch it. looking in the background. All right, coming up next, we'll get into some conference realignment, and if it's possible that UNLV could ride Sandy. Diego State's coattails to the Pac-12. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. Ed, is the Pac-12 going to add anybody? Did you hear that? That was a good microphone. That was a good microphone. Beating it up. Um, I think they are. I think they're going to add. I think they're going to add probably two teams. Now, the question is: Is the Pac-12 going to lose anybody? That's true, too. Because if they lose people, then depending on how many, they might not add anybody. The Mountain West is going to start adding people from the Pac-12. Did we get to a point where the Big 12 and Pac-12 kind of looked at each other and said, all right, we're fine right now? Like, they, the Pac-12 loses two members. Everybody kind of freaks out and says, uh-oh, what's next? Is the right. Pac-12 going to survive? 
could the Big 12, you know, lop off half of the Pac-12 and and try to catch up with the SEC or Big 10 a little bit? And nothing happened, right? Like all the Pac-12, the Pac-10 schools now stayed together. The Big 12 schools stayed together. Like nothing actually happened here. So I wonder if if those two conferences are still being reactionary and looking around and sort of like waiting for if the SEC I think or the they're Big waiting, Ten does aren't something. They? Like Big Ten said it's going to wait. Yeah, I mean, well, the Big Ten's it appears as though they're basically waiting on Notre Dame, right? Yes. They they their commissioner came out and was like, "We're not going to expand just for the sake of right. expanding, but we're still looking. We're still active, right? If if we think something brings value to us, which very much sounded like if Notre Dame decides to go join a they have a bit of a value, <laughs> we're going to yes. add them. Uh, so, but I guess if you like, I don't know if you're the Big Twelve or the Pac Twelve. I think part of the problem has been they've been reactionary. Right, those two conferences. I guess the Pac-12 was a little bit aggressive when they went out and got Colorado and Utah. And Utah, but like the Big 12, just they they basically watched uh, Nebraska and Colorado and Missouri and Texas A&M leave a while ago. Right, and then they responded and they got a West Virginia and they got a TCU and stuff, and they they've added members. But then they lost Oklahoma and Texas, and then they responded, and they went out, and it's like, okay, well, we'll bring in Houston and Central Florida and whatever. So everything they've done has been reactionary, and I just can't imagine if you're the Pac-12 or the Big 12, you'd still sit around and be reactionary because you're supposed to be a power conference, but yet you're letting your future be dictated by the Big 10 and the SEC and what teams they want to poach. Yeah. And if I'm the Big 12, now maybe the Pac-12 schools have said, nah, no thanks, but if I'm the Big 12, I'm going out of my way to try to steal some Pac-12 schools because, A, that kill, that helps kill off one of your competitors in the Pac-12, and B, it makes you more legitimate, and if the, Pac, if the Big 10 or SEC steals any of your teams, you've already replaced them. You've already got you know four members or whoever they'd add. You've already got members from the Pac-12 that you'd be like the Oregon's, okay, the yeah. Washingtons. So I, I don't know. I feel like those conferences should be more proactive than reactive because well, that's how they've gotten crushed in this. What do you think about the Pac-12 commissioner then, Georgia Clickoff, saying we are actively exploring expansion opportunities? So if you're in the Big Twelve right now, are you joining the Pac-12? Oh, I'm not. Yeah, and I'm that's not. and that's the interesting part when he says he's exploring it. I can't imagine teams leaving the Big 12 for the Pac-12. And you obviously can't imagine leaving the Big 10, SEC, or ACC. So if if the Pac-12 is actively exploring expansion, the most realistic options are going to be Mountain West Mountain schools. West teams, yeah. And so that's where this story that Mark Ziegler wrote in the San Diego Union Tribune comes up, where he said San Diego State's the most viable expansion candidate if the West Coast's premier conference is so inclined. So basically, if the Pac-12 decides to expand, San Diego State's the most viable option for the Pac-12. And I think it's because nobody's going to leave the Big 12 for the Pac-12. Right. And that leaves essentially the Mountain West. And who's the best bet in the Mountain West? I, I've i said it for a couple of weeks now. I think it's San Diego I State. Right? They've got uh, athletic program-wise, they're at the top in the two most important sports. They've got the best market of any Mountain West program. And... They're going to have facilities, which is apparently something that that matters a little bit. here. Geography helps. Yeah. And so this is the other thing that George Kliakoff sort of broke down the four criteria for new members. Media rights value. So basically, how big is your TV market? Competitive strength. So how good are you at football and basketball? Mainly football, though. Academic fit. And then geography. 
So geography just means they're going to take UNLV before they take Boise. South Florida because they're or not going to add a team. Well, they might take well, Boise ahead of UNLV. Geography, I think, just means close proximity. Like, are you on the west side of the country? Okay. Like, I don't think they, I don't think they would care too much if they're in Vegas or if they're in Boise based on flights or whatever. I think it's more. They about, might care based on market, right? And that's where that's the biggest thing hurting Boise State is they're that's not a hundred something market. Yeah, remotely good market. So. San Diego State fits most of those. Media, media, media markets-wise, San Diego's pretty big. Competitive strength, they're the best in the Mountain West. The academic strength is probably the biggest knock on San Diego State. And then geography, obviously, they yeah. make a lot of sense being in San Diego. But does UNLV fit those? You look at their media, 40th, 40th. TV market. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's not good. You're right. not tripping over yourselves to add the, the Las Vegas market. media market. UNLV does not check the box for competitive strength. No. This football program has been atrocious forever. Basketball program hasn't been in the NCAA tournament in eight years. Academic strength. But I think they've, they've improved that. Better. They've got the they've got the law school. They've got the medical school. Right. I think they've improved their academic strength. They've gotten strength. better yes. to the point where it's like, okay, maybe they would accept that. You know, five years ago, UNLV was much worse in terms of the academic side. So five years ago, that'd be a definite no. Now it's like a maybe. Uh, geography, UNLV yes. would check the box, yes. So that's two, or that's one yes, one no, and two maybes, maybes. for UNLV and the four important things for the Mountain West, or for the Pac-12. The curious part about San Diego State is if they join the Pac, if the Pac-12 reached out and was like, we want to expand. San Diego State, I think, is the obvious number one option, but who is the number two? UNLV might be the number two, right? UNLV, you could check off, you know, a couple of those boxes, stretching a couple of them. Boise State, how many do they check? They don't check media market. They do check competitive strength. Uh, they don't check academic yeah, no. strength, geography. They're probably fine. I think they that they'd be okay with going to Boise. The interesting one that Mark Ziegler wrote about was Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Uh, he wrote it as several insiders insiders quietly tabbed the Bulldogs as the ideal expansion partner for San Diego State. They do not have football, but they do have one of the premier basketball programs in, in the, the country, country right now. And that's an interesting part because I don't believe we've seen basketball drive conference realignment other than the Big East schools deciding to drop football, to just be a basketball conference. Doesn't that help replace UCLA as a basketball school? So. The the question would be, I think, less for the Pac-12 and more for ESPN or Fox or whoever buys their TV rights. Does that matter to ESPN? Does that matter to Fox? Does one of those TV partners well, say, hey... have Gonzaga basketball. ESPN already has it in the WCC. Right. Would ESPN say, hey, uh, yes, we would love to watch Gonzaga play in the Pac-12? And then the other question would be, does Gonzaga need the Pac-12? They already can schedule essentially whoever they want. They already get one seeds in the NCAA tournament, so it's not like the they need respect from the committee to play in a Would hard conference. Would they be conference. getting the media rights deals in terms of money? Maybe they get more money. Maybe but, they get a percentage of it. But they also don't have football, so they don't no. need quite as but much. But the Pac-12 went away from divisions, right? So I think 11 teams mean nothing. Yeah, the, the odd numbers would be... You're just taking you the top two teams anyway. And then the other part for Gonzaga, we've seen the WCC bend over for them. We've seen the WCC change their conference tournament format. We've seen the WCC reduce the number of conference games they play so Gonzaga can schedule more non-conference games. The WCC will do whatever Gonzaga wants. To keep them. So I don't know that Gonzaga would leave because they 
the the benefits I don't I don't think they're good enough for Gonzaga to leave It'd given have to their be current money. situation. Yeah, it would have to be hey, we're going to give you so much more money than the WCC yeah. gives you. But even then, does Gonzaga how much do they make right now? It's not like the basketball program is hurting for money at Gonzaga. So they might not. No, even they charter need... everywhere. Yeah. I mean, they 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 treat basketball like Kentucky treats basketball, yeah. like a first rate. You know, in terms of how how those guys are treated, they're Gonzaga is that way as well. So I think there's a legitimate chance that the Pac-12 could reach out to Gonzaga, and Gonzaga could say no. Say no. I think that's possible. All right, coming up next, Hugh Myers joins the show from Ohio. Joining us now is Q Myers, Raider Nation Radio in Canton, Ohio, for the Hall of Fame game. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas. Good morning, Q. How's Ohio today? Did you sleep? You know what? I get a little bit of sleep now, so I feel a little bit better than I did yesterday because now I, I don't know how many hours I went without sleep, but now I feel like I'm at least rested enough to feel good about myself today and actually know what I'm paying attention to tonight during the Hall of Fame game. So, yeah, uh, the batteries are recharged. I feel better. Is there any chance you were in the trunk with Hunter Renfro in the Uber? Because there, it appeared that there was a lot of space in that car. Man, wasn't that funny seeing all these big old guys in this tiny Uber and then Hunter Renfro of all people sitting up front like, yeah, it's all good. But you know what? That's how Hunter Renfro is going to, no matter what his contract extension looks like or you know the money that he actually ends up getting, the guaranteed money, he's going to keep his money because he's going as cheap as possible on the Ubers. All right, true or false, you could see Hunter Renfro with 37 coupons at Smith's buying groceries. Oh, oh, true, 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 all day. No doubt about it. I mean, and he'll be that guy that's like, wait, hold on, hold on. That one said that it was supposed to be a little bit cheaper. You know, yeah, he's, he's that guy. He's, he's like the wife because the wife will try to talk everyone down on everything. You know, wait, no, that said it was two for like $3. And I was like, wife, they only charge you three fifty. No, it said $3. I was like, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that, that, yeah, Hunter Renfro would do that as well. I could see that all day. All right. Also, an important question: If you're Derek Carr or Devontae Adams, you know you you got the new contract too. Why not just call your own Uber once you realize, oh, the Toyota Camry's here to take four of us? <laughs> I think that it was just a, one of those funny moments, you know. And they just decided, hey, we're going to ride this out. We're going to video it. We're going to put it out there uh, in the Twitter world and Instagram world, and everyone's going to get a good kick out of it. I think the funniest thing about the whole uh, video that was out there was that Mac Hollis was in the middle, right? Mac Hollis is hanging with Carr. <laughs> And Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, so he must feel pretty good about his uh, his position on the team. He's hanging with the big dogs. Well, he he had, had, they he got had the, the top seat. golf, and they all had to run a mile. <laughs> right, no doubt, no doubt. So maybe that's why he was in the Uber sitting in the middle. They're like, hey, we're going to get you back having to sit middle. Hugh, we, I, we didn't ask you about this yesterday, slightly off from the Raiders, but I'm curious, like, what did you think about the NFL punishing the Miami Dolphins for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton? You know, I, I thought that it was something that was going to come down. I didn't know it was going to come down as heavy as it did, you know, a first-round pick and, a, and also a third-round pick in 2024. Uh, but, you know, the, the one thing about it is, you know, they're, they're basically saying that we're not going to stand for that, even though we know that there's tampering all the time. I mean, you're telling me that there's not a ton of tampering going on at the Combine? I mean, it happens every single year. We know that. So I was kind of shocked by the severity of it, but I was also surprised that they didn't, they didn't punish Tom Brady for anything. Like Tom Brady's Teflon Don. Like he doesn't he doesn't get any kind of uh, punishment. And I know that he's had punishment in the past, but it's just you know if 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 they were tampered with him in 2019 under contract with the Patriots, clearly there was conversation him and his agent were having with them as well. So that was kind of shocking to me. But I guess the NFL is trying to show that they're uh, they're big men tough and they're gonna they're gonna lower the boom when they need to. 
So it appears Goodell's going to appeal. I don't know if he's appealing to himself or I don't know if he's appealing to somebody else, but are you surprised that uh, they did this? I don't know if anyone's really surprised. No, I'm not surprised at all. You know, uh, I was surprised by the six-game suspension that Deshaun Watson had originally. You know, I, I, I couldn't believe that it was only six games, but no surprise at all that uh, that the NFL is appealing it. And I'm sure that it's going to be Goodell's going to uh, be end up being the guy. And if not, it's going to be, you know, one of his running buddies. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still going to be the NFL making the decision. Uh, ultimately, they're going to probably give him the year that they're looking for. If not, at least 12 games. I saw some reports that they don't want him to play against the Houston Texans. Like, that's off, off. I don't know. Like, they <laughs> can't play against Houston or something? Like, that's all out, of, out of the question? I don't know. So I'm assuming that it's going to be at least 12 games that he's going to get suspended. But, um, you know, my, my, if I was a betting man, I'd say that they'd probably give him a year. What do you think at the end of the day is sort of a worse, like, public relations look for the NFL? Having Deshaun Watson play this season after only sitting out six games or this whole process of, oh, Roger Goodell can just give out whatever punishment he wants regardless of what their third-party system determined? Well, I, I think that obviously Deshaun Watson and, and everything that he's been accused of and everything that, you know, the judge said that she found and, and, and saw that he had, you know, predator-type uh, activities going on. And, you know, he wasn't going into these uh, massage therapy sessions for therapy. He was going in with, uh, you know, sexual thoughts and everything. That's awful, right? I mean, that's just awful. So that's obviously going to be number one. But, I mean, you know, to your point, it, you know, Goodell being the, the, the judge, the jury, and the executioner, it's a terrible look, but it's on the players. The players voted that in their CBA. They allowed that to be in there just because they wanted a couple of days off and they wanted to smoke weed. So, okay, great. You can get high as a kite. Now, you're not going to get kicked out of the league for getting high as a kite, but now you got Roger Goodell, and he's, he, he could talk over and, and oversee everything. So, uh, you know, I think that the CBA, when they, when they decided to uh, you know, negotiate it, they did not do a very good job. The 15 pages were... Interesting in the fact she pretty much agreed with everything the NFL said, but because it wasn't violent, she gave him six games. But in terms of precedent, she didn't set any precedent just because she said, yeah, you're right about everything, but he wasn't violent, so I'm just going to give him six games. Yeah, and I don't understand how that's not violent. You know, I mean, I understand that, you know, it's not going in there and being super aggressive. But, I mean, I'm, I've never been a victim of sexual assault, but I'm sure that if uh, anybody uh, knows anyone, I'm sure that they would say it's violent in its own right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's nothing to shake a stick at, you know? So I, I don't really understand uh, her, under, her, her reasoning for that, saying it's not violent. Okay, but sexual assault. I mean, you know, like, just let that sink in your head. Violent or not, I mean, you know, that, that's a predator. I mean, that's, that's awful. So I just, I don't understand... Uh, her language in that, and, and so that's why the ruling when she made it was it just blew my mind. So uh, I thought the six games was was a sham. I thought it was terrible. It should have at least been a year, in my opinion. But you know, here we are. So we'll see what it ends up being when Goodell uh, lowers the boom if he lowers the boom. All right, back on the Raiders. Who plays in the secondary tonight? Do we see any potential starters tonight? No, no, I don't think so. I think you'll see guys like Amik Robertson. You'll see uh, maybe Anthony Averett a little bit. Darius Phillips, I could see him. You know, and these are guys that have made some plays in training camp. Amik Robertson, I think he's on the roster bubble. I really do. I mean, he's been on the team for a while and he's done a whole lot of nothing. So I think that uh, I think that he's going to be a guy that needs a game like tonight uh, and all the preseason games to prove that he deserves a spot on the roster. Um, Cravon LeBlanc, you know, a guy who probably will never sniff the, the, the roster. Uh, you'll see him. I don't think you're going to see very many guys that you're going to be very familiar with. Maybe a Bryce Cosby, a Sam Webb, you know, young dudes. You'll see those guys. Chris Jones had an interception in training camp the other day. Maybe maybe he'll get a little bit of burn. But, no, you're not going to see anyone that 
that you're going to see on September 11th, that's for sure. Do you think the same thing goes with the offensive line, or do they absolutely have to take a look at some of these guys just to know? I think they have to take a look at Leatherwood. I think he's got to go out there. Lester Cotton's been getting a lot of hype. You know that, Ed. And I think that he's got to go out there and, and actually have a little bit of, you know, game film. It doesn't have to be a whole lot. So I think that Leatherwood, Cotton, Simpson, I think they all get some burn. Andre James, I think he should get at least a, a, a drive. Colton Miller is the only one on the offensive line I would sit out. You know, I just say, hey, man, you're, you're good. <laughs> you're on the left tackle of the team. You're good. No worries. But the rest of the guys, I'd definitely make sure all of them play at least a series or two just to get just to get a little bit of in-game kind of, uh, you know, burn because they're not. Should Derek Carr and Devontae Adams watch this game from Top Golf? <laughs> they probably wish they would. I mean, man, that's, that's, I kind of wish I could have gone to Top Golf. I'm not very good at that, but it's so fun being out there. I can imagine what all these guys, you know, out there could have could have been doing, and I'm sure that they, you know, as much as they play golf with each other all the time, I'm betcha they were driving out of those balls uh, out there, out there at Top Golf. So uh, where I barely hit the ball off the, I, half the time I don't hit the ball actually. So I mean, I'm terrible at it. So I would like to see them go out there and get some get some cuts at it. Will you take an Uber where you're at? No, no, not at all. I uh, I have a rental car, and I'm, right now I'm in the media center, right behind Tom Benson Stadium, and. Um, tonight, after I wrap up my show with, uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific time, obviously I'm going to uh, walk right out this back door and walk right into the stadium. I'm good to go. <laughs> All right. Before we let you go, uh, some some investigative reporting from you maybe. Have you seen either Chandler Jones or Darren Waller anywhere on this trip so far? I have not. Okay. I have not seen either one of them. I did not look and pay attention if they were walking around the Hall of Fame uh, yesterday with the rest of the Raiders. That's a great question. I have not seen them, and I have not seen them in any pictures at all uh, so far. So now, now I have a new job. I will, I will be on my job today. And you know, I think tonight the locker rooms open as well. Yeah. So uh, obviously they're not going to be playing, but uh, I'm going to be kind of really paying attention to see where those guys are. You guys have put me on to another job. Like I don't have enough jobs. You gave me another job. Cool. <laughs> all right. Q Myers, Subaru of Las Vegas, has Raider Nation Radio in Canton, Ohio this week. What time are you on the air today, Q? I am on from, uh, let's see, one, well, actually, I'm on from 1 to 3. I'm glad you said that. 1 to 3, and then we're going to pass it on to JT and Eric Allen for the pregame show, which is 3 to 5. And then Jason Horwitz gets his uh, Raider, Raiders debut with Lincoln Kennedy today on the call. So That's right. Go. That's right. I forgot about that. He gets his debut. There so, you go. Q Myers. Yeah, buddy. 1 to 3 today over on Raider Nation Radio, and then obviously they'll have the game. Q, as always, thank thanks, you for Q, joining kid. Hey, appreciate you guys. Keep doing what you do. See it. So there is Q Myers again, Raider Nation Radio in Canton, Ohio for the Hall of Fame game. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas. All right, we got tickets to give away. If you want to go to 7-0 Brew Fest, we got a pair of tickets. That's 7-0 Brew Oktoberfest. It's a four-day festival starting September 29th through October 2nd at the Orleans. You can buy tickets right now at orleansarena.com. Buy one, get one free with code BEER22 or... Win a pair from us right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You'll win a pair of tickets to 7-0 Brew Oktoberfest. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number eight for a pair of tickets to 7-0 Brew Oktoberfest. I remember I came in 2020, so whatever happened in 2019, I don't even, I can't even speak on that. So I was here 2020, and I'm still here, and I'm blessed to be here. You know, if it has to do with support from the team, I think the team's all in with with me and all the guys that we have now. You're listening to The Press Box, Summer Edition.
Okay, kind of feel bad for Tua. He had to answer questions about Tom Brady, didn't he? Yeah, about the oh, whole tampering I situation. I kind of feel bad about it, yeah, for Tua. But like, like he said, he came the following year. Well, right? they did it again this offseason. When Bra- the the most recent one was this offseason when Brady retired from I the it was Bucks. 2019. Oh, oh, it started about, in um, 19. They did it yeah. once in 19 and then twice more. This year be this year year being uh part owner of the team and right. also playing. Right. This year he he retired from football for all of a month and got sick of his kids. And in that month, he the Dolphins reached out to him and it was like, "Hey, part owner, whatever percentage of the team and you be would a get, player." And you'll be the starting quarterback of the team. And we're going to get Sean Payton. Don't worry. We've been talking to him, too. Uh, yeah. So, it Tua very much would have gotten replaced. Which, right. Okay. How many quarterbacks in the league should or, or would be, like, justified in being mad that their team was going after Brady? Is it, like, four or five? Like, I think... Justified? Okay. Um, so, like, if you... So, Rodgers, Mahomes. Right. Josh Allen probably. Yeah, we're I, getting you wouldn't get through one hand. Right. I think maybe Justin Herbert and that might be the end of the list. Yeah. Maybe Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert might make that list, but even then if it's for one season I'm taking Brady. Now, you're not oh, making all of them over those over uh Herbert and Burrow. Like okay. if, if it yeah. was for one season I'm taking Brady. Now, obviously Brady's got just a, well, who knows how many seasons he has left, but like 45 yesterday, right. but like Herbert and Burrow might play for, you know, another 15 years, 20 years. If yeah. they're like anything like Brady and be great. So long-term you're keeping Burrow and Herbert, but like if you're Tua, right. And your team is like, Oh, they tried to get yeah. Tom Brady. I think a lot of guys wouldn't say this, but realistically you've got to look back and say, well, yeah, I probably would do the same thing, right? Like if you're Tua, you can't say this out loud, and a lot of them probably wouldn't admit it to themselves, but the mo- majority of quarterbacks in this league, if they found out their team was trying to get Tom Brady, they'd have to at some some level in their mind they realistically never, say. never, with their egos, admit that. But realistically, that if you're Tua, you've got to be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, I yeah. And not be mad? Well, I, I and that's the thing. I, I don't think if you're Tua, you can, right? Like, they could get Tom Brady. They could get the guy who the greatest quarterback to ever play the game or you. <laughs> and if you're Tua, you're like, yeah, okay, I'd probably go after Tom Brady too. Yeah, he just would never say it. I don't know. They've just got those guys have such egos. Tua, great answer though. Tua's Tua's really good in, in the media in those situations, by the way. Yeah. I will have to say that because not a lot of those guys would have stepped up and been fine with answering those questions. Right. Like Derek Carr's one of them. If the Raiders had a shot at well, Tom we saw, Brady. Well, we saw what he said after we put Tom Brady in the paper. Wasn't happy with that. No. Wake well, up. You know, you wake up and you look at the front of the paper. Hey, I'm just <laughs> glad you're getting the paper. <laughs> but if you're Derek Carr and you see, oh, the Raiders went after Tom Brady, I think you'd literally have to step back and say, yeah, okay. Like, I, I get it. The guy's the greatest to ever do it. Ah, uh, Carr's interesting. I don't think he'd admit that. Like, what What random outfielder... What random outfielder do the Padres take out of the lineup because Juan Soto's there? Well, they didn't take... Did they make Profar the... uh, Did they make him the DH? Profar, I don't know where he played, but he let off yesterday. Nomar Mazzara. If you're Nomar Mazzara, and he's, you know, an above-average hitter... Well, you understand... Is Nomar Mazzara mad today because Juan Soto's going to take his I think he's more depressed that he lost his job. Never mind. I don't think he'd be mad. I think he'd be more bummed out. 
because he was playing pretty well. Right, but he's not going to be mad at the Padres. For no, going he understand. No, he understands. Right. He understands. And so that if it's you're Soda. Tua or Derek Carr, Derek Carr, or, no, or 26 other quarterbacks in the NFL, I just think Derek Carr would be on a list of refusing to believe that. <laughs> Tua maybe, but I, but Derek Carr, the brothers would be whispering to him, "You're better than him. You're better than him. <laughs> Come on, buddy." Tom Brady. And the Buccaneers had a failed season last year because they didn't win the Super Bowl. They didn't even make it to the NFC title game. And he still won more postseason games than Derek Carr has in his entire career. And if you're, you're Derek Carr's got to sit back and say, oh, yeah, okay, that guy's pretty good. He's better yeah, than me. Yeah, I mean, I think he knows he's pretty good. He's got to sit back Carr. and say, that guy's better than me. Carr's ego's pretty large. I'm sure he does behind doors, but he wouldn't put it on record. Well, oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah. no. None of you them would say You don't say it that. out loud, but in, this, right. in the case of Tua... I, you can't be mad at your team for that, is my main point. Like, if you're Tua or if you were Derek Carr or whoever, you can't be mad at your team for trying to get Tom Brady. Now, if you're Mahomes, Rodgers, Josh Allen, maybe, Josh Allen. maybe Herbert and Burrow, then I could understand it. But if you're like anybody else in the NFL and you found out your team tried to get Tom Brady, I do not think you can be mad. I think you've got to sit back and say, yep, they should try to get Tom Brady because that guy's the greatest to ever do it.